0: So what is the difference between a cardiologist and a lipidologist? Basically, what is a lipidologist? A lot of people ask this question online. There are a lot of doctors and physicians and even non-physician practitioners that can apply for a special board exam or a board certification where they become lipidologists. Many of you might not be familiar with this, but you might know what a cardiologist is. So maybe I'll go over the differences and this will help clarify things. So a cardiologist is a special type of physician that not only did an internal medicine residency, so you're also an internist, you are an internal medicine physician, but you did an extra three years where you specialized in cardiology. You can do even more years after that and specialize in different kinds of cardiology. And I've gone through, there's a whole lecture, actually it's a podcast on here, on the different types of cardiologists. There's interventional, there's imaging, there's all kinds of things, right? Um, So a cardiologist needs to know sort of a lot of things, right? Whereas a lipidologist knows a lot about a little, a cardiologist needs to know a lot about a lot, you know, sort of in a way. But we'll get into it and I'll give you the, the differences. So a cardiologist needs to know cardiology, right? We need to be able to treat hypertension, diabetes, cardiometabolic diseases and disorders, cardiorenal syndrome, you know, all that kind of stuff. We study that stuff, heart failure, atrial fibrillation, rhythm disorders, um, did I say it? valve disorders? Your leaky valves, tight valves, heart rhythms, m- cardiovascular, like genetic disorders, you know, th- things like that. You know, metabolic syndrome, etc. So we need to be really, really good at that stuff. Now we get a we get a huge exposure to that in internal medicine, a lot of it, and then you go and do that even more. Like most internal medicine physicians, family doctors, or family practitioners are going to send the the more difficult hypertensives. The more difficult you know, people with higher cholesterol, more complicated blood pressures, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, what have you, they're going to send them probably to a cardiologist. Um, So that is generally what we do in clinic, is that kind of stuff. Then we have like all these procedures we need to do. Like, you know, we need to know how to do cardiac catheterizations, where we inject dye into your arteries, watch it on a camera, see where the dye goes, see if there's blockages or not, look at it in multiple different angles. You know things like that. We have to know how to do pericardiocentesis If you have a lot of fluid or liquid around your heart and it's causing your heart to not be able to beat or it's encroaching on your heart, it's pushing your heart inwards, we need to be able to drain that out. In an emergency situation, we need to be able to do pacemakers, whether they're temporary pacemakers in the middle of the night when somebody has really low heart rate or a full-blown pacemaker or a defibrillator. Defibrillators can shock you if needed. We need to be able to do things called loop recorders. These are little injectable devices that sit in your front of your chest, under your skin, and monitor your heart rhythm for up to three years or so. We need to be able to do something called a transesophageal echocardiogram. This is where we put you to sleep. We put a probe down your throat, and we look at your heart from the inside because we can get much, much better pictures of your heart's valves, you know, clots, things like that, various things we're looking at to try and decide what we're going to do, you know, about whatever condition you may have. We also have like these new things called structural where you have to do like clips, mitral clips, where you prevent leakage of the mitral valve with a little clip that clips the two leaflets together. You have to do things called TAVRs or transcatheter aortic valve replacements. Yes, now we can replace some aortic valves with something called aortic valve replacement that is done through a catheter through your leg rather than open heart surgery. So those are all like the procedures that cardiologists need to do. And I'm probably missing so many of them, but generally there's also cardioversions. There's like a million other things, right? Um, But there's so many peripheral things. You know, everybody does different things. Carotid, stents, whatever. Um, There's also imaging. You need to be able to read nuclear imaging. Which are all kinds of like super fancy, intricate work, and the technology changes every year. You got to be really good at that. You need to be able to look at ultrasound, like an echocardiogram, the ones you do through the esophagus with the patient asleep, or the ones through the chest when they're awake, um, Doppler, color flow, all that kind of stuff. You need to be able to read cardiac MRIs, cardiac uh, uh, CT scans, CT MRIs, or maybe not CT MRIs, but CT angiograms of your. Uh, heart, the coronaries, all that stuff you need to be able to do. So a cardiologist needs to be pretty good at all of that stuff, right? And it's a lot of stuff and it's not always that easy to get really good at all of those things. That's why you now have like cardiologists that are specializing in imaging, cardiologists that are specializing in structural, cardiologists that are only heart failure, cardiologists that are only put in stents, cardiologists that only do clinic, you know, those kind of things. And cardiologists also, let me point out, we do a lot of cholesterol. We do a lot of lipids. I mean, I'd say the vast majority of all of these diseases that I just mentioned and things that we do, a lot of it is caused by cholesterol. So we do take care of cholesterol. We're very good at it. We may, may not understand it as well as a lipidologist does, but there are probably a lot of lipidologists that you know have forgotten it or don't understand it as much as, as we do now. So it really depends. A lipidologist is someone that knows a lot about lipids. Now, they may be a cardiologist. They may even be a nurse practitioner. They have pathways for you to gain that designation, even if you're not a physician. You may be a family doctor, a sports medicine doctor. Anybody who is a physician can definitely get this. Um, But there are other people, if they're very interested in lipids, can pursue um, a lipidology degree. Uh, or It's called the American Board of Clinical Lipidology. Uh, You go to their website I think it's actually just lipids.org maybe, um, or lipids.org, yeah. Um, You go there, fill out the forms, make sure you have the correct background. First of all, you have to have completed a a residency or a fellowship in cardiology, be a professor of medicine somewhere. There's a whole bunch of criteria. You have to meet that criteria first. Then you can apply, take the, the exams. It's given twice a year in the spring and in the fall. Take the exam and get better at it, right? Then you can say that you are a lipidologist once you get the certification. Now, they need to know about a lot of things. They need to know about LDL, cholesterol, HDL, triglycerides, lipids, um, you know, how they all interact with one another, the, all the different lipoproteins, APO-Bs, all the Apo lipoproteins, the structural proteins that could be on HDLs and LDLs and chylomicrons and all of that. Um, they need to be able to know the difference be, what, between like cholesterol synthesis and absorption you know all that kind of stuff. They they get very advanced training in that, and they can. They're more able to figure out advanced and aggressive treatments. Now, are they all equal? Probably not. Um, sure, there's some people just like doctors, doctors that have just barely passed by the skin of their teeth. That doesn't mean they're bad doctors. That doesn't mean they're bad cardiologists or bad lipidologists. And then there are doctors or lipidologists who are. This is like their passion. And they're super fascinated by it and they want to learn and and eat up as much of it as possible. Now, like for me as a cardiologist, I am super into electrophysiology and I do the pacemakers and defibrillators and the rhythms. I love treating rhythms. That's something I'm super passionate about. I did not do an electrophysiology uh, specialty or subspecialty, but I still do devices. I do pacemakers. I do defibrillators. I treat the rhythms. I don't do the EP studies, but I treat the rhythms uh, medically. I don't do ablations or any of that stuff. Um, So there are cardiologists who are super passionate about one thing. The other big passion of mine is uh, preventative cardiology. Like, why should I wait as a population, just in general, as Americans? Why should we wait until someone has cardiology and then patch them up and try to fix it? Why don't we prevent cardiology? So I'm super huge into prevention, which is why I'm a certified personal trainer, which is why I've written diet and exercise and weight loss books, and now a cholesterol book because I'm super fascinated and passionate about lipids. Ever since I heard uh, Peter Toth speak at um, our fellowship program and our residency program actually when I was a first year second year resident, uh, Peter Toth, one of the, the great boys uh, well, I don't know if he's great, but he's one he's a one of the authors of one of the clinical lipidology textbooks. He's a great speaker. You can tell when someone's a subject matter expert how passionate they are about it and how good they are about the topic than when somebody's just kind of reading the slides to you so yeah he obviously had to read certain things off the slides but he was so passionate about it and I feel like for me personally preventative cardiology is is one of my passions I want to prevent cardiology the best way to prevent cardiology depending on what disease it is but for the vast majority of the diseases that I mentioned one of the best ways to prevent them is to get people's cholesterols and lipids down or not down but in line Um, if somebody has An LDL that's this and an HDL that's that, and a triglyceride this and a triglyceride that. Rather than just making the numbers look pretty, we need to treat the disease and the dyslipidemia. And there are many, many different ways to do it. Now we have so many different medications that work, so many different lifestyle interventions. If you listen to the last few podcasts that I posted, so many different lifestyle interventions that can help. And some of the diet interventions, like a Mediterranean diet, for example, in secondary prevention has shown 60-70% reductions in cardiovascular endpoints. So um, that was something I was just talking about on my last uh, uh, podcast. But So that's kind of the difference. Lipidologists are amazing at lipids. Cardiologists are very good and amazing at cardiology. They're not overlapped, although cardiologists do treat lipids. Lipidologists obviously don't treat cardiology. They don't do cardiac catheterizations, unless they are a cardiologist too. But a family practice lipidologist is not going to do a cardiac cath. Um, A, I don't know what else, an internal medicine lipidologist, which there are plenty of and they're amazing, like Dr. Thomas Dayspring and a few other of my friends, lipidologists, fantastic at what they do, great lipidologists, but they are not also going to read your coronary CTA or read your cardiac MRI or read your stress test, right? That's not their job. I'm not saying that in a bad way. That's not what they were trained to do, nor is that their job. But if you come to them with a lipid disorder, they know exactly what to do. They know the data, the science, uh, all of that. So um, those are kind of the two main differences. Not two main differences. There's a lot of differences. I definitely went over more than just two, but those are the main differences between the two types of physicians or clinicians, maybe is a better word, the difference between a cardiologist and a lipidologist, I kind of view myself as uh, a little bit of both. Well, I am going, I'm planning on getting my lipidology uh, certification soon. I've already uh, paid and downloaded the application and all that. My goal is to ultimately achieve that because I'm super fascinated and passionate about it. That is definitely one thing I want to do. So hopefully uh, I will get this uh, done uh Soon, and I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you guys posted. Definitely, it's super fascinating and interesting. Me, especially someone like me who's in the process of writing a book about cholesterol. <laughs> right, it would be really nice to be able to say, not only am I a cardiologist, not only do I look inside your arteries, but I'm also a lipidologist, uh, someone who has an extra certification in treating cholesterol, very fancy lipid disorders and basic lipid disorders. So I hope that helps. If you like this, click on my links. There's lots of free stuff. There's actually a lipid guide. I have a free lipid guide that you can download um, if you click on my links. Go to my dralnet slash links or dralnet slash cholesterol and you'll get my free lipid guide. And I highly recommend you get that. It's a primer sort of for the book. It's a preview to the book. And hopefully you will kind of understand what kind of stuff we're going to cover in the cholesterol book. And I hope you enjoy this podcast Share it with all your friends. I don't do this for myself. I'm doing it for you and for hopefully millions and millions of people around the world so that they can live healthier, happier, and longer without all the nonsense and the junk science that is out there by the Medfluencer crowd. So I'll catch you in the next episode. Peace.